We're going to continue with Joseph tonight, and I want to first talk about, uh, we're going to talk about Joseph's response to his suffering. The first is, he genuinely felt the experience of his suffering. He may think, oh, well, hey, he just went through it, read, the, read his life, yep, good to go, no big deal. But there are some hints that Joseph really did suffer. First, when he talked in prison, he said, but uh, to the cupbearer, he said, but think on me when it shall be well with thee and show kindness, I pray thee unto me and make mention of me unto Pharaoh and bring me out of this house. He's very aware of his situation and being imprisoned. And he asked cupbearer, when you think about me, think about me, show some kindness, I, I need help. And uh, see if you can talk to Pharaoh to get me out of this place. And then he said this, For indeed I was stolen away out of the land of the Hebrews, and here also have I done nothing that they should put me into this dungeon. He was very well of a situation, and he remembered. And the way he described it, they'd stolen me out and brought me here, and I'm innocent. I'm innocent of this charge. I have done nothing to be thrown into this prison. That would be a very difficult pill to swallow, to be accused of something and then be imprisoned, and you, you were innocent in that. Secondly, he said in 41, And Joseph called the name of his firstborn Manasseh, for God said he, He hath made free forget all my toil and all my father's house. They did that. They named their children within circumstances. But it's interesting, he named his child. Oh, what is your name, Manasseh? Because God just helped me to remember all the suffering that I've been through. And the name of the second called he Ephraim, for God hath caused me to be fruitful in the land of my affliction. It's interesting, the word for toil means trouble, misery. Distress, sorrow, suffering, oppression, weariness. It's a word not re is related to work, but to just have told so hard that you're absolutely tired. But it's not in reference to work. It's in reference to the suffering he's been through. The second word is affliction. And it means depression, misery, trouble. Joseph felt his suffering. Because God wants us to apply certain principles in our life doesn't mean we don't feel the pain of suffering. And then in verse chapter 42, when his brothers, he overheard them and they said this, and they said one to another, we are very guilty concerning our brother in that we saw the anguish of his soul when he besought us, and we would not hear. Therefore is this distress come upon us. His brothers give testimony of a little bit about being thrown into the well. And they describe, we heard the anguish of his soul. The word anguish means to be in tightness, as if breathing, trouble breathing, distress, tribulation. Tribulation means to be squeezed in, in a tight place to suffer mentally and emotionally. Oh, Joseph was just down the well. Yeah, God bless y'all. It's okay. Lord's in control. I'm just praying through the night. 
it's not what they said. We heard the anguish of his soul. You even know the word anguish just means awful. If you see someone in anguish, they're in pain physically or emotionally. Joseph felt his suffering. Do not think, we don't know everything about it, but do not think that Joseph just sort of, well, God bless you, move on. I'm going to do my three-point plan and I'm okay. You will feel suffering when it comes. It's part of the human condition. When they use the word distress, it's the same word that was used of Joseph. And so now they were feeling what they knew Joseph had felt. We may sometimes think that when we face difficulties or, or uh, situations or problems, that it's unspiritual to be hurt and to feel the pain. Well, Joseph was about one of the most spiritual men you'll ever find, and yet it's very clear he felt. When he met his father after some uh, long years, 20-some years, they hugged one another, and they stood there for quite a while weeping. That ought to tell you how much he hurt. If you see someone hurt, hurting and in pain, there, there's nothing unspiritual necessarily about hurting and feeling the suffering, and feeling the pain. It's what you do with it that makes a difference. But it's not being unspiritual to feel hurt. You know, if my brothers, which I didn't have any, but if they sold me into slavery, I would be hurt. And then if I was lied about and thrown into prison, run off from this church because I was lied about, and everybody hates my God, oh, I would be hurt. It would be difficult. It would be hard. So Joseph felt his suffering, but he didn't just feel his suffering. This is what he did. First, Joseph's response to his suffering was faithfulness and God's blessing. Genesis 39. And Joseph was brought down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian, bought him out of the hands of the Ishmaelites, which had brought him down thither. And the Lord is capitalized because it's the word Jehovah. And the Lord was with Joseph. And he was a prosperous man. And he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. And his master saw that the Lord was with him. And that the Lord made all that he did to prosper in his hand. Because you are suffering does not mean you have the right then to just not care and walk away and, and uh, not be faithful to God. Joseph, sold into slavery, was still faithful. And notice, the Lord was still with him, blessing him. Blessing what was going on in his life. The Lord hadn't abandoned him, and he doesn't abandon you. And Joseph found grace in Potiphar's sight, and he served him. And he made him overseer over his house. And all that he had, he put into his hand. I don't think that happened if Joseph would sat in the corner all day long. Joseph, you're doing your duty. Oh, yeah. You just don't know how much I hurt. I feel so bad. It's just so terrible. I can't do anything. I can't work. I'm not talking about tragedy and the grieving process. I'm just talking about normal life. Joseph was faithful. He served. He did what his job was. He did his responsibility, and God blessed him. And it came to pass from the time that he had made him overseer in his house and over all that he had that the Lord blessed 
the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. And the blessing of the Lord was upon all that he had in the house and in the field. I ask you a question. You go through suffering, and we moan and groan, that's okay. But then are you faithful, and then does God bless others because of you? See, God's still in the blessing business. God's still in the encouragement business. And in his providential hand, he was still working. This was not because of Joseph's sin. And so God was blessing him, and he was simply faithful. And Joseph's master took him and put him into the prison, a place where the king's prisoners were bound. And he was there in the prison because he was lied about. Notice what it says. But the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. Boy, it's been rough. Okay, what's the next step then? Just quit? Throw in the towel? Quit serving God? Quit being faithful? This was a long time, and it was 13 years before Joseph wound up being before Pharaoh. And every step of the way, no matter how hard it was, he's just faithful. He was faithful. What are you going to do about all the evil in the world? You know what I'm going to do tomorrow? I'm going to get up and read my Bible, I'm going to study, and I'm going to pray, and I'm going to do my job. I'm just going to live life and be faithful to the Lord and ask the Lord to bless. And the keeper of the prison committed to Joseph's hand all the prisoners that were in the prison. And whatsoever they did there, he was the doer of it. Notice again, the keeper of the prison looked not to anything that was under his hand because the Lord was with him. And that which he did, the Lord made it to prosper. Every step of the way when Joseph was wronged, and none of us have probably been wronged to the degree he was. You know what Joseph was? He was faithful. He kept his faith in the Lord. He kept serving the Lord. And you know what? God kept bless, blessing him every step of the way. So the first thing is Joseph was faithful where he was. Whatever he faced, he just did his job and was faithful and God blessed him. A lot of people probably short-circuit God's great blessing because they let something happen that gets them off track and they get angry and bitter and upset. And the truth is, God can't use you. Joseph was not that way. He was faithful to God. Secondly, his response to suffering was to think of others and their needs. This is very interesting. Genesis 40. And the captain of the guard charged Joseph with them, and he served them, and they continued a season in ward. And they dreamed a dream, both of them, each man his own dream in one night, each man according to the interpretation of his dream, the butler and the baker of the king of Egypt, which were bound in the prison. And Joseph came unto them in the morning and looked upon them, and behold, they were sad. And he asked Pharaoh's officers that were with him in the ward of his Lord's house, saying, Wherefore look you so sadly today? What would you have been doing? You look sad. Oh, you don't know the troubles I've had. Let me tell you all the troubles I've had, brother. You don't know what troubles are until you've seen what I've been through. Hmm. Joseph wasn't thinking about himself. He thought of them. Hey, they look sad. What's going on? And they said unto him, We've dreamed a dream, and there's no interpreter it. And Joseph said unto them, Do not interpretations belong to God? Tell me then, I pray you. I trust in God. I know the Lord. I can help you. 
I can encourage you. I can give you an answer. I can be with you. But you first have to notice <laughs> that they're sad. So the second thing is you be faithful first. And the second thing, think of others. Think of other people rather than yourself. Third thing, Joseph's response was faithfulness to resist temptation. And he left all that he had in Joseph's hand, this is Potiphar, and he knew not all he had, save the bread which he did eat. And Joseph was a goodly person and well-favored. You may think that means he's a good person. That's not what it means. And well-favored doesn't mean everybody loved him. It just simply means that he was an attractive man. That's what he's talking about. Then he says this is what happened. And it came to pass after this time that Joseph went into the house to do his business, and there was none of the men of the house there within. And she called him by his garment, saying, Lie with me. And he left his garment in her hand and fled and got him out. In other words, he was faithful while in the midst of suffering not to yield to temptation. And that doesn't just apply to that situation. That can apply to anything. Boy, am I mad. And I'm going to stay mad for a while. Well, then you're going to make your suffering worse probably. Boy, do I hold a grudge. I hope something bad happens to them. Well, you're yielding to temptation. Joseph didn't. You see, you get the idea that somehow God just worked all through that and brought good out of Joseph's life, and he just sat there. No, Joseph was faithful. Joseph was very careful to think of others and be a ministry, and he was very faithful to do what was right. And so that's why God blessed him. I want to conclude with some truths to remember in suffering. Got a list of them from all that. And just to remind you, first, suffering can hurt, and that is part of life. It's part of life. Uh, years ago when uh, someone said something in another place pretty nasty unto me and pretty rude and said a few things, I just said, well, God bless you. Move on. <laughs> the Lord will take care of me. No, it hurt. It felt bad. You can hurt when things go wrong. That's okay. You're a human being. Because someone's hurting doesn't mean they're unspiritual. It just means that we as human beings can hurt. Secondly, be faithful wherever you are. Some people think it's going to get better when I go somewhere else. Well, I got news for you. Wherever you go, there you are. <laughs> and if you were the cause of the trouble, it'll be the same place when you go somewhere else. And you know a lot of troubles are not caused by those around us. A lot of it is our own fault. So whenever you go somewhere else, it's going to be stuck with you. The truth is, be faithful wherever you are. Hang in there. Serve the Lord. Do your job. Do what you're supposed to do and be faithful to it. And God will take care of things. God's in control. He'll work in your life. Thirdly, expect and look for God's blessing even in the midst of suffering. I mean, folks, it's rough. It's been tough. Well, praise the Lord. Look around. God's still good. God's still working. 
God's still gracious. I remember when my daddy passed away, and it was tough. It was a shock to me. That's the first funeral I ever went to was my father's funeral. Never been to a funeral my whole life. But I remember as I began to meet people and take care of things from my father and take care of some uh, things about what was left there, I ran into person after person after person after person after person who told me personal things about my father I didn't know. You know your daddy did this? Did you know your daddy did this? Did you know your daddy did this? God was gracious and God was good to help me some things. Some things. So expect. Just because you're hurting and going through any trial, well, don't just go, well, boy, is it bad. If it wasn't for bad luck, I wouldn't have any luck at all. <laughs> That's not the way to look at it. Expect God to help you. Otherwise, you're not saved then. If you don't expect God to do nothing, well, then you're, you're probably one of the lost people because God loves his children. Fourthly, ask for God's mercy and grace in the midst of suffering. God cares. God really does care. Mercy is, Lord, please help me. Don't give me what I do deserve. And grace is, Help me, Lord. Help me to receive what I don't deserve. Nothing's wrong. You notice God's grace was with Joseph. God's mercy was with Joseph. Ask God for his mercy and grace in the midst of it. When you're hurting, go to God and ask him for help and strength. Focus on your character not the circumstances. Boy, that's a hard one to do. That's a hard one to do. Boy, they were mean to me. What are you going to do about it? Well, if I run into them, I'll be nice and kind to them, and I'll do my part. And so I'll serve the Lord, and I'll be gracious, do all I can do. I'm going to get up and read my Bible and pray. I'm going to be faithful. Focus on what your response. Remember what we talked about proactive? Boy, that's liberating, let me tell you. Focus on your character. Because your character is what's more important than what you're going through. Ask God for grace from other people. Ain't nothing wrong with that. Boy, pastor, I need some help. I'm struggling. Oh, I need this. I need that. Don't be afraid to ask for grace. Can you help me a little bit? Can you encourage me? Can you pray for me a little bit? There's nothing wrong with that. Because God used other people to show grace unto Joseph. Think about others and their needs, not yourself and your need. Boy, that, that, I'm telling you. <laughs> you won't know joy. That's it right there. That's it right there. That's one of the biggest things to do. Don't focus on you and me and mine, what and where and hold this. That's what America's doing. But focus on others. Because you don't know what you will find. You will find if you go walking around a little bit, you'll find a lot of people who are in need and hurting and just need a kind, gracious hand. So focus on others and their needs. Resist temptation to sin. Well, I have every right to be mad. Yeah, but... The Bible says anger does not achieve the righteousness of God. Well, I have every right not to ever speak to them. Yeah, well, that's really biblical, isn't it? Resist the temptation to sin. 
Because what you're doing is you're harming yourself. You're not harming the other person. And you're harming your relationship with God. Because the Bible says when Jesus gave the uh, uh, prayer, he said, forgive others and I will forgive you. Now, he's not talking about eternal salvation, but he is talking about when there's uh, resentment in the heart, God doesn't forgive until you confess it to him. Trials are not an excuse to do wrong. I hear it all the time. After all, shouldn't I be happy? After all, you don't know what I've been through. Therefore, I have the right. Trials are not an excuse to do wrong. Now, they may be to everybody else. Oh, yeah. Yes, sir. You have every right to be mad. You have every right to do all that you're doing, but not with God. They're not an excuse. But they are for a lot of people. There are a lot of people that use a trial as an excuse to not serve the Lord. I'll never, I'll never darken door of that church because they're as mean to my mama 50 years ago. <laughs> okay. okay, fine, good for you. <laughs> but the truth is you're using your trials as an excuse to do what you probably want to do anyway. Avoid sinful situations and circumstances. That has to do with situations. When Joseph faced the temptation, the first problem that he faced was he wound up being alone in the house. But he did the right thing. He ran. He fled. He fled from it. You know, Dr. Chet used to say a lot of Christians love to say, uh, is this wrong? How far can I go to the edge of the cliff? and not be breaking the law. Well, I don't know about you, when I'm going up the mountain and there's a cliff over there, I'd rather stay on this side of the cliff, on the road, rather than stay as close as I can. I'll stay as close as I can, and it ain't, it's not wrong. Avoid it. If you're around a bunch of negative people that whine and complain and just say, well, God bless y'all, I'll see you later. <laughs> if you're around people that just hold grudges and yap, 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 and complain, God bless you, I don't have to hear that. Do you know that I have not, in four years, I have not listened to the news in four years. Now, I ain't going to listen to the news. Now, I do check on the Internet, and I do call up the main headlines, and even that raises my blood pressure. So every once in a while, I just have to quit. I'm not going to expose myself to all the stupidity because I already know what stupid things they're doing. And I'll be honest with you. I'll be honest with you. There's some people out there in Boston. I love them. I'll be kind to them. But if I run into them, hey, God bless you. How you doing? Great to see you. All right, I'll be gone. I ain't going to listen to it. I'm not going to listen to it. I'm going to avoid situations that can harm. Because you know what the devil loves to do? He loves to have someone say one little thing to tell you. Did you hear what so-and-so said about you? <laughs> I didn't need to hear that. I didn't really need to hear it. But I don't care really. Avoid certain situations. You hang around people that use profanity all the time. If you have to, that's okay. But somewhere along the way, it's going to get in your brain. And ask God to protect you. Avoid the sinful situations in life. Focus on God and the great things he does. You know what they're doing in heaven right now? 
they're worshiping God. Boy, are you great. Man, you are wonderful. What amazing things you've done. I visited someone this week who's having some troubles, and I said, can I tell you something? God's been good to you, and God's been good to me, and God's been good to all to his children. Now, it hadn't been a bed of roses, and there's some suffering now, but you need to look back and say, wow, God has been so gracious and so good and so kind. Look up. Don't look around, and don't look down. Ooh, it looks bad. <laughs> yeah, it does look bad. It is fun sometimes, isn't it? It is kind of fun to kind of wallow in a little bit of a drudge, you know. Well, Lord, I pray. Well, I'm not going to pray for him <laughs> other than bad thing. No, I've never done that. But the truth is, it is fun. Why do you think people are sinning so much? You think it's not fun? But here's the key. In the long-term consequences of life, it catches up with them. It will. And if you don't think so, I can tell you of a lot of folks it's caught up with. Because wrong is never right. Never. No matter what. Let's pray. Father, we ask you to help us to learn from the life of Joseph. What an amazing young man. 17 years of age. Going through the trials he did for 13 years. And yet, he felt his suffering in a very great way that we probably We'll never even know and imagine how bad it was. And yet, Lord, all those years he was faithful to you. He resisted temptation. He served you. And when it was the right time, because he was doing what he was supposed to be doing, you exalted him to be the second in command in Egypt. But, Lord, if he'd not been doing what he was supposed to be doing, or if he'd short-circuited, it might not have worked out that way. So we thank you, Lord. Help us to do these things. In Jesus' name, amen.